The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Unfortunately, final issue for 2021. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Time for us to go. <laughs> or, or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin your ears with singing. <laughs> or or been working with Andy Garcia for the last three nights. Um, the Andy Garcia? Yeah, the Andy Garcia. Nice. Uh, I will just say um, one of his infamous quotes from the last couple of nights. Uh, now back to God. After he tangented in worse than we did. Dude. <laughs> I, I, are you sure you're wanting to to accuse somebody of tangenting worse than us? Yes. Yeah. That, do you realize, do you comprehend just how high a bar that is? Yeah. Okay. But still kept the show, even with his tangent, still kept the show at show length. That's a professional right there, y'all. Yeah. There you go. So um, check out the homepage. I know it's got to get caught up. Probably not going to happen until after the first of the year because it's crazy with what I'm doing. Uh, obviously working candlelight. Um, Courtney Vance next uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Wow. Nice. Jonesy from Red October, Lieutenant Glenn from the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, Ask him what his opinion of uh, Paganini is okay. in Hunt for Red October. <laughs> That's what he was playing out over the, bo- the, uh, the boom mic in the sub, according to the story that the dude on board the sub was telling Seaman Beaumont. Oh, that's right. That he had an external speaker. He was listening to, you know, he's listening to, of course, the guy said Pavarotti. But, of course, Jonesy had to correct him saying it was Paganini. I got to go back and watch that movie again. I may have watched that movie a time or two. So I may have to, <laughs> I, I will have to say, good evening, sir. I think I'm hearing Pavarotti. Ooh. Just to see if he says, no, Paganini. Paganini. See if, see if he does the correction. 
If I could ever get that guy's autograph, it would be like a picture of Paganini. Yeah. You know, someone who needs to be in the MCU is Courtney B. Vance. Well, let's do a quick fan cast. Who should he play? Ooh. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, hang on. We're doing Andy Garcia level tangenting here. Yeah, we are. Uh, mm. Courtney Vance. Courtney Vance could be Gabe Jones. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Uh, I was actually thinking Bishop. Ooh. Ooh, okay. This is where I'm like, I don't know enough Marvel characters to really throw a good one out there. The Well, there is one other character that, uh, now it, it's a bit of a deep dive. Um, bear with me a second. I want to make sure I'm getting the name right here. Uh person i have in mind is from west coast avengers i don't i can't can't think there okay so there's a character named andrew cord who was the mentor for night thrasher oh dude i think you struck gold there i think you struck gold there yes he's like he's the he's the father of silhouette and this is a father of silhouette and the son-in-law of ty Mm -hmm. if they want to go that deep but let's say if they decide they wanted to bring in night thrasher andrew cord could could be the yeah because uh andrew cord was active during vietnam so you know not he's not that old but you can just make it military background boom you got it absolutely what about Darkhawk? With him as Darkhawk? Yeah. There was as an older Darkhawk, Dark yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, why not? It, it's hard it, it, It's hard for I mean, me to think of a better fit than Cord. I agree. I agree. I, I, Kylan, I think you win this round. You do? <laughs> so, um, since we're talking rounds, round five. Ding, ding. Round five. Episode five. Oh, yeah. Hawkeye called Ronan. I wonder why. Gentlemen, it's time for the Fantastic Four takeaways. So, uh, who wants to start first? Oh, I'm being presented uh, first. Or is it Kylan you're going to first? Uh, okay. I'll, I'll jump in. All right. So, my, my first takeaway is... Number four. Clint is a legit ninja. So, uh, looking at that fight scene between him and uh, Echo, like, I think a lot... Clint's hand-to-hand combat skills, like, uh, they're severely downplayed. You know, everybody just thinks of him as the bow and arrow guy. But I mean, if you look through the whole of the MCU, like the movies where he actually gets to do stuff, his hand to hand combat is on point. Look at at his swordsmanship as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Especially in the lead up to that fight where he is taking out the the uh, the backup. (laughs) I mean, he did like. Shoot! It almost, it almost felt like a horror movie in a way. The way everybody was just shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. And it, you know, uh, it reminded me of playing Batman: Arkham City. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to go in on these stealth missions and you know, and and neutralize guys without others knowing that you're there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Eric, you're number four. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and get this one out of the way. If it's what um, I think it is, mine. It is ties what in. you think it is. It ties in right with you, so I'll just add on to you when you're done. It, okay. So, and I kind of got into discussion with this individual online, which is something I try not to do. You, you 
We shall call him Arthur. I'm calling him Poindexter, but that's just me. Poindexter works too. The, the appearance of Kingpin at the end of this episode not only links the Daredevil series to the MCU, it shatters forever and all time the whole this is canon, that's not argument. That argument was really dead once the concept of the multiverse was officially introduced in Loki. But having a Netflix character, which up till now has been said, oh, that's not canon, show up in a Disney Plus series that totally is canon should be the final nail in its coffin. That argument is dead. I agree. Uh, without question. Uh, I, I just don't. I don't see how anybody can even. Well, like you said, the thing is, the multiverse, it, it, it takes that completely off the table. It, it, it shouldn't even be brought up. You know, but yeah. this, like I said, this is nail in the coffin. Yeah, but at this point in time, it's not even the multiverse. You know, this is confirmation that the Netflix series takes place in the MCU time frame, in the MCU universe, period. Right. Yes. Because, I mean, one, this is taking place in New York, Kingpin's home. Two, I mean, it just... I wouldn't be surprised if in episode six, Charlie Cox walks in at the very end as Daredevil. I would love that. Was was Daredevil in the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series? I don't remember. No. Okay. But but you but you know what? Neither was Kingpin. Okay. So I mean, what they've done with this series, they've taken like what I would call the spirit of the story, mm-hmm. and they they took the spirit of it. But put a completely different story in it. They they have they have almost so, they have almost potted um, Hawkeye first mm-hmm. three episodes. You, you build your relation between Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. How that came about mm-hmm. that comes directly from the comics, right? For the most part. Now right. what we're getting with Echo introducing Echo mm-hmm. introducing now bringing Kingpin in bringing Swordsman in that is taking essence from other Hawkeye stories mm-hmm. uh, pre and post Fraction. Yeah. Now, I, I get that at one point in time, Marvel Studios had to declare Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix series non-canon right. for logistical reasons. There were logistical issues at, mm-hmm. at the time. There was that, uh, that was that split between Marvel Entertainment and Marvel Studios. Right. That's all in the past now. When Mar- Marvel has control of the of the Netflix series now they have you know they've acquired Fox all of the uh, all the TV shows the Disney plus shows the movies they're all back under Marvel Studios I, I think a lot of that happened when Disney plus came about um, may say potentially well once creative creative committee was disbanded and gone yeah I think it was Casada I'm guessing here. I'm going to guess Casada handed the reins of the TV stuff, small screen stuff over to Marvel Studios and said, this is where it needs to be, because I believe the animated stuff is Marvel Studios now as well. I believe it is. Yeah. Big picture. And then I'm done. Marvel Studios has ever has all the resources it needs to bring these things that were once non-canon into canon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell, they're not wasting any time doing it. No, no. My, I thought you were going a different direction. So my number four, Laura Barton, Mockingbird. Here's my theory. And I, and I took this theory from your post, Eric. Okay. Code name. Well, the Black Widows is an organization. 
Who's to say Mockingbirds isn't like a code name or group subgroup within S.H.I.E.L.D.? Okay, if you want to take this narrative of Laura Barton being Mockingbird, if you want to say that she gave up the code name when she retired to Mary Clinton start a family and have Bobby Morse take that up, I'm good with that. I am I am totally good with that. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. So Laura Barton, possibly the original. She could Mockingbird. be the OG Mockingbird. Because Bobby, I, can, I could totally see that. Because Bobby seems a little newer, even in Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. So, and that would have already had Laura retired quite a bit at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, mantles in the it, titles in the Marvel universe do get passed on to people. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, yeah, Captain America, you know, or Thor. Hawkeye. Black Even, Panther. See, that's what I'm talking about. If you want to spin that as she was the OG Mockingbird, but don't don't try to tell me Laura Barton is Mockingbird when we had a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. I feel have, you there, man. We have the agent who, you know, blonde, Bobby Morse, she has the batons. I, th- agent. I think if we had most wanted, we would have gotten her under the code name Mockingbird, even well, though we, we never got it in Shield. Yeah. I mean, people were saying, well, well, her and Hawkeye were married at one point. I said, yeah. And Hawkeye and Laura Barton were married in the comics at one point. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to go down that route, I'm good with that. So, moving right along. Number three. Back to you, Kyle. Yelena's, uh, Yelena's scene. With Kate is the best. Uh, just it's weird. Like Yelena is so likable. I, I, that's the only way I could put it. Like you know, she's just really. She goes from being this just easygoing. Like oh yeah, I'm in your place. I was hungry. Uh, you want some macaroni and cheese? And just so casual that it is comical. But then can flip on a dime and just talk about what a terrible person Clint is and just casually talk about how she's here to kill him. At, so so you, know, you, you could have killed me. Huh? Yes. When you, when I opened the door, yes. Before I could even close it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was laughing all the way through that scene. Just, I love that. I was just, the thing is, so I'm like, but Yelena is such a good soldier that she's, she's, she's not questioning why is Clint bad? It's almost like she's just been told that that he's bad that and been hinted at that he was responsible for for uh, Black Widow's death. Well, again, but, look you know, who's the, look the, who's for feeding Natasha's her. Death. Look who's feeding her the right. information. Right. Well, and also she's you know basically all you pretty much had to do was say this guy is responsible for your sister's death. Right. And that's really all she needs. And I, I love the way that she was going from uh, going from just crazy Russian tourist with uh, with an unhealthy appetite for hot sauce. Ah, God, I yes. mean, did she leave any hot sauce in the bottle? I mean, she just dumped the hot sauce. I, I, just, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I was I was kind of like the but then she just goes all dark and it's kind of like. It's almost schizophrenic. It really is. Yeah. And and of course, you just want, you have to wonder: is it kind of like a I don't want to say split personality, or if it's just her being the practiced assassin that she's putting on that that act 
to try to get Kate to lower her guard and maybe spill where Clint's at. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, we saw how Natasha handled Loki. Right. Uh Is there any reason to believe that Yelena is any different? So, Eric, you're number three. Okay, I'm going to piggyback on Kylan just a little bit. Uh, My takeaway here is since Yelena knows now who hired her, and she's got to know who Kingpin is, does Yelena still plan on killing Clint? Or will this give Clint an opportunity for a confession moment where he breaks down, tells Yelena the whole truth, and basically begs for forgiveness because he still blames himself for Natasha's death. Oh yeah. Right. He wanted to make the sacrifice, not her, not let her do it. And they were literally fighting each other to try to see who gets to snuff themselves. Well, I'm, I'm kind of going to piggyback on the same character. I'm just going to say Yelena. Oh snap. Oh yeah. (laughs) We come to find out she got snapped. Yeah. And we got to see the snap through her point of view, which we hadn't seen in the MCU, truthfully. No, we hadn't. So, yeah, and I was hoping you were gonna point you were gonna touch on that. So here she is, she goes to the bathroom, goes to freshen up, puts her hand under the water, we see her dusting, and all of a sudden hands back under the water as we're watching the room change colors. Like yeah. this is a trip. Okay. And the freak out mo- I was only in there for five seconds. No, honey, you've been gone for five years. Say what? Right. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic. They broke into Anna's house to help Anna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Anna who winds up, Anna, Anna, who winds up helping her. And before before our listeners, our field agents say, no, you're wrong. We do see Monica Rambo come back. Yeah. As well. But yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't it the was same. No. We, we saw, we saw Monica rematerialize. From an empty room. We did not see her go from snap to unsnap. Right. Right. And so from, like you said, we saw it from Yelena's perspective. Yeah. Which is wild. So. Number two. Island. Number two. Eleanor Bishop is the money behind the Contessa. Ooh. Wow. I thought I mic dropped. That was a mic drop. I mean, based on what, based on what we see. In this episode, she's the money behind the Contessa. So you think getting with the Contessa, she's funding the Contessa, bringing U.S. agent Yolanda, swordsman, and whoever through Kingpin to create her own group. Right. Be anti-Avengers. Yeah. Was it one of one of you guys or one of us uh, with the with the takeaway that possibly uh, Kate's aunt was the Contessa? No. Uh, no, it was that she was an. Uh, I thought that it was not that she was a Contessa. She was an actress. I, I don't know. I thought. Okay. Because either way, I mean, it, I mean, Kate, Kate's father died because of the Battle of New York, right? Right. Right. Okay, so the mom could blame the Avengers. Yeah. For that. Right. Thus creating this anti-group. And that's true, or, too. Or her own group to re, to be the replacement. Basically, the Thunderbolts. Yeah. So we're, yeah. So we're just adding to it. And Kingpin's not going to be involved with the Thunderbolts? Yeah. Originally, the, the Thunderbolts were villains. Yeah. Oh, all right. Eric, you're number two. Okay. Um, and once again, I'm kind of piggybacking here. With Eleanor having hired Yelena to kill Clint... And with Eleanor having been meeting with Kingpin, how do we know 
that Jack's arrest wasn't either A, completely staged for Kate's benefit, which is quite possible seeing as the, it, they looked like they were waiting for Kate to walk in the door as their cue to start the conversation. Or B, his arrest wasn't just Eleanor trying to get Jack out of the way so she could take over his Sloan business. Oh, okay. I mean, she's she is more than she lets on. Yep. She is clearly not squeaky clean. Right. I mean, in the comic, I would say in the comic, um, Kate's dad is tied to organized crime. Okay. Well, uh, so like in the comic, the dad because in the comic, the dad is still alive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I obviously that's not the case here. I don't know, and I don't know if it means that that Eleanor is necessarily tied to organized crime, but I don't think, I agree with you, I don't think she's clean. No. I, it, it makes me wonder, you know, once we say that, um, once we say she's not clean, mm-hmm. once we say what if she's doing this just to get Jack out of the way, mm-hmm. we start extrapolating, what if she was the one that kind of initiated the romance to begin with. Yeah, true. What if if she was, it it wasn't so much a romance, it wasn't necessarily because she likes him. I mean, she's got a security company. Surely, this would not be a total surprise to her. Right. Surely, she would do some digging on a potential boyfriend. I would hope. I would hope. If If she's connected to organized crime and this guy's running his business, well, maybe she's just viewing this as a potential murder. Merger. Merger. <laughs> murder? The murder what? part comes after. Yeah. Uh, for me, my number two, um, plant going to the memorial mm. and his monologue there. Yes. Just to see how tormented he still is. So, uh, number one. Back to you, Kyle. Oh, man. Uh, that end credit scene. Uh, and what I'm talking about is at the end, after they do all the initial credits, if you look at it, oh, the kingpin. Yeah, I I love that. Yeah, that it, was just yes. Yeah. And, and and ending it with you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yes. Yeah. It makes me want to go back and go through the end credits animations for all the other episodes mm-hmm. to see what else they might have, you know, what other hints they might've been dropping. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I gotta say my, my number one was just like Kyle. So yeah. Well, my number one then is just the quote, run DMC classic track soup, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I have no argument for that. No, <laughs> I mean no. the whole time they're just sitting there in the in, in the van. I'm just kind of like, you know they lead off with that, and I'm and the whole time I'm just going like, yeah, they're right. Yeah, Ron DMC, uh, LL Cool J, Royal yeah. Tenenbaums. No, we are not the Royal Tenenbaums. No. <laughs> <laughs> so and, the, and you know that must be a New York thing too, because I'm sitting there like, dang, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And of course, they're playing the Run DMC Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. is it? Is it what started the whole conversation? Isn't that from? It's not from Beat Street, is it? Uh, no, it was. Uh, so it was actually on. 
the first of very special Christmas, but it's also featured in Die Hard. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll say that was another successful countdown, gentlemen. Well, thank you, Thursday. But there is something else for end of the year. Yes. Gentlemen, bringing back. It is the 2021 Volume 4 Non-Awards. Yum, 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 yum. Sorry, I couldn't resist. So, yes, after a two-year absence, we are bringing back the non-awards. So, we didn't lose some categories, which we kind of had to. And I still think we came up with a great award show. Okay. Mike, for the benefit of those who have started listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks in the past two years... Why don't you remind everybody what the non-awards are? The non-awards are, back in the day, Marvel Comics had something called the No Prize. And basically, if you won a No Prize, it was just basically an empty envelope, wasn't it? That has stamped on it, No no Prize. There was something inside the envelope. But they, uh, the the one person, the one guest that we had on who had received a No Prize never opened it. But it's stamped no prize on the envelope. Yeah, too. yeah, no prize is stamped on it. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I want. I've been searching eBay looking for one. I, <laughs> I want one just for the, just a frame, just to say, yeah, I got one. I didn't earn it, but I I found one for Marvel history. Well, back in 2016, mm-hmm. um, we decided to do an award show to honor the different aspects of Marvel, and we decided to call it the Non Awards in honor right. of the No Prize. So. Marvel creators get a non-award, while us, the listeners or readers, would get a no prize. That's how it came about. So, um, our first category, Best Writer. And here are the following nominees. Gene Loon Yang, Shang-Chi. Alyssa Wong, Star Wars, Dr. Afra, Kevin Scott, Star Wars, The High Republic. Chip Zdarsky, Daredevil. Kyle Higgins, Darkhawk. Tanisha Coates, Captain America. Jim Zub, Conan the Barbarian. Al Ewing, Immortal Hulk. And Karen Gillian, Warhammer 40K, Arnas Calgar. Arnas Calgar. You so, got the A. I did. Sorry. You did. So, Sorry. I was a Dark Angels player, but, you know, respect the Ultramarines. <laughs> so, uh, how do you guys feel about this category? It's good. Some good choices. Yes, there definitely. Were some good choices. choices. Uh, I don't think. I don't think whoever wins it. I don't think there is a bad choice for it. No. Right. No. So the winner is Gene Lun Yang. Or nope. I'm sorry. God, I just had a Steve Harvey moment. You just you pulled did. a Steve Harvey. <laughs> you Chip, totally just pulled a Steve. Chip Zdarsky, Daredevil. Ah, oh, man. Very good. Congratulations. Wanted to be noted, we had initially, it was a tie. and we, was, There was a, like a four-way tie for, for this. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. It's a two-way tie initially. Right. So, yeah. Uh, next up, this was another one we had to do a tie break on, uh, originally. Good tie breaks while recording last week. Yes. Yes. Best artist, Marika Cresta, Dr. Afra, Edgar Salazar, Orhammer 40K, Sisters of Battle, Enid Balam, Hawkeye Kate Bishop, Marco Caquetto, Daredevil, Juanan Romeris, Darkhawk, Alessandro 
Papapuccio, Moon Knight, Umberto Ramos, Strange Academy, Patch Zercher, Savage Avengers, and Luke Ross, Star Wars, The War of Bounty Hunters. So another good batch. Yes. Yeah. And th- like I said, this ended up going with us doing two tie breaks on this one. Mm-hmm. And the final tie break was a pretty much unanimous decision. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So roll that beautiful bean footage. Edgar, Edgar, Salazar, Warhammer, 40K, Sisters of Battle. Woo! We should have a fanfare for this. I can't go back and forth between. Okay. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get to the applause. And there was much rejoicing. Yay. Uh, so next, best cover artist. Nominees, Isad Ribic. Eternals, John Tyler Christopher, Star Wars, Alex Ross, The Rise of Ultraman, Marco Chiquetto, Daredevil, Iban Coleo, Darkhawk, Jesus Abutov, Darkhawk, James Stokey, Warhammer, 40K, Marinus, Arneas, Arneas, Calgar, Phil Noto, Star Wars The High Republic, and Lanil Francis Yu, Avengers. And the winner is... Alex Ross, The Rise of Ultraman. Well, you know what? The thing is, I mean, these everybody that was nominated, I mean, this was a great year for comics. Don't get me wrong. But Alex Ross, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 how can you not? You All right. Know? Yeah. All right. So uh, next up, Best Editor, Assistant Editor. Nominees, Devin Lewis, Aaron Shan, Sarah Bronstad. Lana Smith and Nick Lowe. And the winner is Nick Lowe. Congrats to Nick Lowe. Congratulations, Nick. Best ongoing title nominees Avengers, The Amazing Spider Man, Star Wars, Dr. Afra, Daredevil, Captain Marvel, Marauders, Thor, Conan the Barbarian. And the winner, y'all's favorite. I know this was a tough one. I. <sighs> I'll be honest with you. For me, just because of what they did with the book this year, it's Daredevil. Um, I, I, I'm a Daredevil fan anyway, but they they made they made a bold move with Daredevil this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and I actually I put it I listed it in a category later on here. So that's been my that's been my favorite book. So I yeah, to me it was by far the best ongoing title. Eric. I always just have a soft spot for Conan. And, you know, and, and I admit I'm going to be biased in that. <laughs> but just just because Conan was one of the the first comics that I remember reading as a kid. So, yeah, for right or wrong, Conan is always going to be a sentimental favorite. Yep. But sentiment is the only thing lifting Conan from the others. Mm-hmm. Because I think all of the ones nominated were really good. Mm. Edging out competition by one vote. Star Wars, Dr. Afra. <laughs> you know, I, I, I ain't even mad. No, I'm not either. Oh, no. I, I fully, fully expecting, um, yeah, fully expecting a different title, but no, it, I, I was, I was shocked. I really was. There you go. Uh, best new title, Alien, Star Wars, The High Republic, Moon Knight, Dark Hawk, Shang-Chi, Hazar, Lord of the Savage, and Lord, 
Bizarre. Pixar, Lord of the Savageness. Yes, thank you. Y'all's thoughts on this one? I get, look. I, if anywhere Shang Chi is, I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna have a special place in my heart for it. Uh, it was uh, ple- it was pleasant to see Dark Hawk come back. Um, yeah, and that's a character that has been kind of lurking in the shadows uh, for the last several years. Uh, and I think it's been long overdue for a long for for a uh, dark hawk to get a title again. So I was glad to see that too. Um, you know, I, honestly, uh, all the new all the new titles that have been out this year, it's 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 been refreshing to see that. You know, um, see, I was curious too to see how Marvel was going to tackle Alien. Yeah, or bringing that. Yeah. In. So uh, I'm I'm going to have to go with Dark Hawk myself. And the winner is. Dark Hawk. <laughs> Way to go, Dark! Next up, best mini or one shot nominees Trials of Ultraman, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, Warhammer 40K, Sisters of Battle, United State of Captain America, Multiverse Black Widow, Iron Fist, Heart of Dragon, Warhammer 40K, Baroness, Calgar. I, and- I give up. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll let you say it. Marnaeus Calgar. Marnaeus Calgar. All right. And Star Wars Life Day. And this was a. I think we had several ties on this one too, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we did. The winner is Trials of Ultraman. Well, okie dokie. Which the Ultraman series has been pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that to, to see Marvel get. Uh, the Ultraman license and to bring Ultraman to to the states to a new generation, because um, I uh, if you're of a certain age, you you watched Ultraman. You probably I'll say probably depend on the market you were in. Watched Ultraman after school. Um, I did. I you know the thing was I I thoroughly loved it. I didn't really understand the lore behind it but i enjoyed what i was watching and then to as i got older to find out what big a thing ultraman is to japan ultraman had its own theme park for a while see i didn't know that i i just remember one time ages ago and i don't know what station it was on i came across an ultraman animated series I uh-huh. saw one episode of this. It was awesome, and it was taken away from me. And it was the worst thing, probably the worst thing after between the Fat Boys breaking up and the the McRib disappearing. the The original McRib when it was good, not not that tiny tiny poor excuse for a sandwich now. Yeah, the riblet. So you know, somewhere uh- in there. <laughs> then we came up. That's a group that I haven't heard mentioned in a while. <laughs> Next up, best overall title. Three nominees are Star Wars, Dr. Afra, Dark Hawk, and The Trials of Ultraman. And the winner is. We couldn't pick one. <laughs> even, even when I did one for S&G, it still came out the same way. Best overall title is all three. We could not decisively pick one of the three to be best title. So all three win. I mean, 
We did it twice. We did it twice. (laughs) So, yeah, congrats to all three titles. Which is, uh, you know what? Sometimes it's just like that. It just. Yeah. Now, best collected or archived trade or graphic Trials of Ultraman, Star Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters Companion, Hawkeye Go West, Avengers Mike, Mike Strick, Mech Strike, Marvel Snapshots, Iron Man by Mike, by Mike Grell, X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, Marvel Projects, Trade Paperback, Birth of Superheroes, and Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the original Marvel Years Volume 5 Trade Paperback. And the winner is... Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the original Marvel Years Volume 5 Trade Paperback. Yes, 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 yes. It's, I'm so happy. It's an amazing book. It is because... This was the very first expanded universe. This was, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, the local public library had the comic book adaptation of the original Star Wars, the first movie, Mm -hmm. episode four in UO. It was a giant sized book. Mm -hmm. It was all the Marvel. We knew what, what, uh, what Jabba the Hutt looked like, and he didn't look anything like a giant garden slug. He was human. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially, right. he, well, a humanoid. He, he was humanoid. He looked kind of like Walrus Man without the tusks. He looked right. like Joe Camel without the sunglasses. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> so, Eric, did you freeze up on us? Oh. No. Okay. No. Uh, up next, best game console or mobile game Marvel Future Fight, Marvel Future Revolution, Marvel Avengers, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel Strike Force, Marvel Puzzle Quest, Marvel Contest of Champions, Marvel Battle Lines, Marvel Spider Man for PS4, Marvel Realm of Champions, and Marvel Spider Man Miles Morales for PS4. This was a tough one. That was, that is a tough one. Mm hmm. I mean, do you do you choose a mobile over console, or it, do quality graphics rule the day versus fun of gameplay? Yep. Uh, that's 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 all the stuff that you got. That's some of the things that you've got to weigh. Yeah, and the winner is Marvel Strike Force. Okay, all right. Best. Um, Go ahead. I was just saying that game, I mean, that game's been going for over two years now and it's still going strong, yep. you know? They're about to introduce Spider-Gwen. Got to figure out how to get her. Wow. So, uh, best Whiskey Tango Foxtrot moment. Quicksilver appearance. Captain America loses a head. The tease of Kingpin. Electra becomes Daredevil. What if when Strange Supreme captures the energy from Ultron's planet-destroying blast and merely swallows it, waiting for what can only be described as far too long to finally release Black Widow? And finally, three words, Rogers the Musical. And the winner is... Those glorious three words, Rogers the Musical. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, that that needs to happen. I would pay good money to see that. Yeah. 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 I, I, I got to be honest. I don't know who was cringing over that, me or Clint, when we watched that. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just love the, the, the how outraged Clint was. The Ant-Man was there. He wasn't even there. 
Yeah. And and the yeah, the but, one the one child or the one kid. Who's that, Daddy? He, is this part true? You know, questioning Ant Man being there. He was he wasn't even there. Uh up next, best streaming or TV series. Nominees are WandaVision, The Hit Monkey, Modoc, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, Marvel's What If, Marvel's Legend Studios Legends, Marvel Studios Assembled, and Spidey and his amazing friends. This was a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a lot of good ones. A lot there of good were. ones. Yep. And the winner is Marvel's What If. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's honestly that's the one I hoped would win. So that that started off as a tiebreaker. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, final category, guys: best film, Black Widow, Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, Eternals, and Venom. Let there be carnage. And yo. I, I want to say that all the films this year were strong contenders. You know, uh, they they all had their merits. I I thoroughly enjoyed each one for for different reasons. So, you know, it, it literally depends on what day, you know, what day it is that you asked me for this particular category. Uh, but there was one that eked out beyond the rest. As good as I as they all were yeah. yep. for me anyway. This is the only one that was a unanimous decision. The winner is Shang Chi and the Legend of, Ten, of the Ten Rings. Good. That's about unanimous because you know when when you announce the winner says unanimous winner, it's kind of like. What what do you say to that? It's kind of like, well, I was hoping that wouldn't be the one. <laughs> you know what I say when we tweet this? I get I I I'd say shoot in the dark. Let let's tweet it to uh, Mulu. Let let let's let's at him and see what he says. Yeah, yeah. I think I I don't know. I don't, I would love to get him on the show. I think he would be an awesome guest. Uh, now, my job, I've been a fan of him since he was on Kim's Convenience. And then when I found out that he was Shang-Chi, he was cast as Shang-Chi, which I have to admit was a baller move considering it was him that said, hey, Marvel, if you ever do a Shang-Chi movie, I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then boom, here we are. Yeah. And we're looking at a sequel in a series down the road. Well, you got to figure he's going to show up in other movies, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I'm thinking I, I, I'd be surprised if we don't see him in Multiverse of Madness. Possible. Yeah, it's possible. So how did you guys feel? I mean, it's our return back to the non-awards. How did you guys feel? I, I admit, felt a little weird coming <laughs> back after a couple of years off. But right. it was a good weird. It was a good weird. It was a good weird. It really was. Okay. Happy with the with the final winners? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Without question. I, I mean, mean, the strength of the nominees was such that even if it wasn't the one you voted for, mm-hmm. you couldn't get mad. You couldn't get upset. Right. It also helps that I don't remember who I voted for. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I voted for Chang Chi for that last one. Quite possibly. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> possible. Pretty sure about that one, too. Yeah, I I was surprised. I mean, stuff that I nominated that I went back and just didn't even vote for. I I, had, I did that a couple times. Same here. Yeah. So I know there's a, there's room for us to improve for next year. Uh, maybe we just there's do our nominees. Maybe ne- yeah. our nominees next year are just two. You know, we do two. Well, 
You know, here's a thought. And I, I don't, uh, maybe we can talk about this down the road, but what if we had a People's Choice Award? Oh, what we nominate and put it out there for the for the listeners to vote on. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know what the People's Choice Award would be if it would be, you know, best people's choice for best title, you know, of all the titles or something like that. Or I don't know. Just kind of throwing that out there. I almost hate to say it. People's people's choice for guest or interview. I do that because I can't do that. I've loved every guest we had. I I thoroughly enjoy every guest, and absolutely. But it would be cool to see what the listeners thought was our best. Well, how about people's choice for uh, for best issue for the year? Well, we kind of can get that just figuring out, just looking at the downloads and the listens, right? Yeah. And you know what? That that could be something that we could look at like next year and just say, well, these were our these were our top five issues of the year as decided by you, the listeners. Go from de- right. go from December 1st, 2021 to November 31st or November 30th, 30th, mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah. Right. Since we put, since I'm putting this all together in, in December. Yeah. So we take from this December to next November. Yeah. It's the nomination period. Why not? And there's just at the end of that time period, you just, you, I, I'm volunteering you for this work because you are the one that does the numbers and, yeah. and sees everything. But <laughs> it, it should be easy peasy. It, it should be pretty easy to just pull the numbers and say, well, this one got the most listens and the most hits of right. all the all the issues. Right. And, and pull up the top five episodes for the nominees. Yes. But I, I still I still think there needs to be another another one where um, the, the listeners vote on. Well, we can discuss that. Yeah, we got time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got it, we, we, got, we got a minute. Yeah. So um, kind of stretching for time a little bit. I need well, it for editing. We but- did say we did say that there would be a lot of this in the last issue of the year. Thank you, each and every one of you. Speaking of listeners, thank you for your support over this past year. Oh, speaking of which, I have to announce from our Hellabus Holiday Supply Drop contest on Instagram. The winner is Big T, Little T Podcast. They won the supply drop. Congratulations. So there's some great stuff heading that way to that father-son podcast. I'm kind of excited. It's going to a father-son podcast. They They could share this together. Right. So congratulations, gentlemen. And Enjoy it. If you want, thanks for participating. Yes. And if you want a reminder of what was in the giveaway, some cool stuff. A Groot Iki Tiki, which I don't know why. I mean, it's not like Groot has any ties to the show or anything. Right. I am Groot. Just saying. <laughs> there you um, go. Avengers Eagle Key Ring or the Shield. It's the Shield, shield logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Shield, yeah. Nick Fury, Captain, uh, the, from the Captain Marvel wave, Nick Fury, Funko Pop, the Spider-Man ramen bowl. I want that so bad. It look, it, it, it's almost like it's a nod to the Toei Spider-Man. Yeah. You, you know what you could do? You could do like what I did, went to toink.com and make a purchase. Did you use? I bought a couple of Christmas presents. Did you use code geeks15 for 15% off your purchase? If I... <laughs> Say no, will you be upset? No, because I have forgotten to pitch it off and on. 
Okay. Well, don't make my mistake, ladies and gentlemen. Use Geeks 15 for to get 15% it, off. Your first purchase. First purchase. Uh, a Loki for President lapel, uh, enamel pin. Mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. badge and lanyard, which is basically what was given out or was a loot crate. Yeah. Thing at one time. And it's, um, what was as Oswald, Patton Oswald's character? Uh, he was, uh, agent, um, was it Koenig? uh, Koenig, Koenig, agent Koenig. Yeah. Yes. So the, the badges that, that was what season three, when they handed those out, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the badges from season three and one of my favorites, cause I have this one, Captain America multi-tool, the shield multi-tool. That is a pretty cool tool. This is, is. cool. So congrats to Big T, Little T. I know that is on its way to you guys. Hopefully you guys get it by Christmas. So, um, but yes, thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the guests and thank you to you two guys. I was going to say thank you to you two guys as well. And thank you to you two guys. And without, yeah. and if it and wasn't for Thirsty, Thursday just went <laughs> off screen. Thirsty wasn't expecting that. No, she wasn't. Thirsty is speechless. I'm kind of surprised by that. I, I know. Usually she's kind of full of sass. <laughs> oh, hello, gentlemen. I am one of the most powerful computing systems on the planet, and this is how we are spending our time together. As always, gentlemen, a great pleasure watching you work. Okay. Oh, that's sweet. That is. Hail Hydra. Just kidding. <laughs> There's the sass. She did that, she did that during our, our holiday message. Yes, she did. Remember when we were recording that to uh, to go out to Sorcerer Radio, and she just kind of like, we're trying to be all nice, you know, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, ha- Happy Hanukkah, and Hail Hydra! I'm like, uh, just kidding. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's, uh, okay. Hey, uh, at least she didn't pull one of her other practical jokes that she likes to do when we're, uh, when we're recording, <laughs> you know? Just when she interrupts us. Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. I should have kept yeah, my I mouth shut. Yeah, kind of like that. should have kept my mouth shut. Yep, 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 yep. Um. <laughs> any other final thoughts, guys? No, man. I'm all thought it out. This year's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Look forward to next year. Yeah. Look forward to next year as well. And on that note, Thursday for the final time of 2021. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just have a happy and safe holiday season, guy. Everyone. <laughs> Waffle. <laughs> <laughs>